0: Hi, welcome to The Journey of Parenting. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Aduse, a licensed child clinical psychologist. Our intention for this series is to offer the most common tips that I recommend to parents in supporting their children and themselves. We're here to sift through all the latest research and most pressing issues in parenting so you don't have to. Let's be clear, this isn't the first time in history that new tech has concerned the general public, child therapists, parents, pediatricians, and more, in terms of its impact on attention and social emotional development. This occurred for the advent of the radio, television, and now smartphones and social media. And yet, intuitively, It does feel like something is fundamentally different about the screens of today and certainly social media, which we'll cover in next week's episode. And this intuition is grounded in the fact that kids and teens are growing up in a digital world with their first exposure to screens often happening within the first year of birth. So how much screen time is too much? What does the research say about how screens impact children's attention and social emotional development? If you're a parent, chances are that you've had these exact questions. In today's episode, we'll touch on these questions and cover the latest research on the impact of screens on children and provide three tips for parents and caregivers to consider when supporting their child's ability to develop a healthy relationship with screens. Let's start with the current guidelines from the World Health Organization and the American Academy of Pediatrics. For infants, the guidelines state no screen time under the age of 18 months. The World Health Organization extends this to no screen time for infants under the age of two years. The only exception is the use of video chatting or FaceTiming with loved ones. For toddlers between the ages of two and five years, no more than one hour per day of high-quality educational content, like Sesame Street or PBS Kids. And then for older children, five to 17 years old, there's a blanket recommendation that this age group should limit screen time to no more than two hours per day. There's also a standard recommendation that all devices are turned off 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime to prevent sleep issues. If you're hearing these numbers and thinking that your child is clocking in some serious screen time, you're in good company. The reality is that the latest statistics suggest that a majority, nearly 90% of children are exceeding these recommendations even when you don't count time using screens for schoolwork. So, do you try to adhere to these guidelines, or what? The reality of parenting today is that we have moments where grabbing a screen to calm our kids, prevent a meltdown, or keep them busy. It's easier in these moments to reach for a screen. For some parents, it leaves us in despair and guilt, worrying that we're ruining our kids' ability to pay attention. However, the research isn't as clear as you'd think. We'll cover the research next so that you can make a decision on how to navigate screens in your household. Given what you hear in popular media about screen time and children, it may be surprising to learn that there is limited evidence showing a direct and what scientists call a causal link between screen use and negative health outcomes. There are dozens of studies that show an association between screen use and attention, self-regulation, academics, physical activity, and more. However, it's not a causal relationship where researchers are able to isolate that it's the screens themselves that are contributing to these negative effects. In some studies, once they account for other factors like household income, the link between screen time and child outcomes becomes weaker. Given the state of the research on screen time, there continues to be a heated debate about the nature and magnitude of the impact of screens on child development. There are experts that stand on one side cautioning against alarmist attitudes and plenty of experts who argue that exposure to screens is like a large social experiment on youth. And frankly, they don't want to wait to find out if screens have a causal detrimental effect on kids. Over the last decade, we've seen mental health professionals and former employees of tech giants taking their own stands and issuing public petitions to formally renounce unethical practices of using manipulation tactics that hook children's attention on devices. The one area that all of these experts seem to agree on is that problematic screen use, and passive use of screens has a direct negative effect on child development and can be dangerous in the case of problematic overuse of screens. This is similar to most human behaviors like eating, exercising, working, etc. that become problematic if they're taken to extremes. This leads us to tip number one, promote active screen time. The latest research shows that rather than focusing on the time spent using screens or the intensity of screen use, it's all about the how, meaning is the child passively scrolling on screens or are they engaged in active screen use, which encourages learning, creativity and connection with the real world. Importantly, the same app or game can be active or passive. It just depends on how it's used. The more that parents help kids and teens make connections between screens and the real world, these active uses lead to positive benefits. For example, creating a video to post on YouTube is better than passively watching YouTube videos, unless it's to learn a dance or do something active. For toddlers and young children, active screen time looks like Choosing high-quality educational content in which the media or screen experience is helping focus the child's attention on a specific learning goal rather than having lots of bells and whistles that distract the child. That all may be engaging, but not purposeful in the learning goal. For older children and teens, active screen time might look like having conversations about the shows, movies, and online content that they're engaging with. Who's their favorite character and why? What does this character learn over time? What values are important to this character? Would they be friends with this character in real life? It could also look like engaging in active physical games. So think Pokemon Go or Wii Sports and tasks that require problem solving and thinking or learning new skills like creating music, coding, publishing poetry, et cetera. Find out what your teen is interested in and think about how screens might be used positively to further their creative side or talents. By focusing on creating more opportunities for active screen use and decreasing passive use, you'll help your child and teen have more quality and positive interactions with screens. Tip number two. Practice screen time hygiene. There are a lot of bite-sized recommendations for healthy screen time use in kids, like the 20-20-20 rule. After viewing a screen for 20 minutes, look at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds. And if you're wondering, 20 feet is the equivalent of the height of two basketball hoops or the size of an adult giraffe. Viewing a screen 18 inches away at eye level and turning off screens 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime so that the blue light doesn't interfere with sleep. It's never too early to start thinking about screen time hygiene. It's common for families to have background television on, and many parents I work with believe that it doesn't impact their infants since they don't have the ability to understand the content presented on televisions. But infants absorb and know a lot more about their environment than we give them credit for. Research has shown that background television is one of the types of content that is associated with negative effects on children. If you have been around infants, you may notice that they tend to orient their heads or gaze onto highly stimulating content. This is one of the reasons why infants love looking at high contrast shapes and images in board books. They use this skill of shifting their attention to actually regulate their emotion. For example, if an infant experiences stress, they'll look to soothe by crying for their caregiver or looking for distraction. However, if highly stimulating content is present, like the changing images on background television, infants' attention might grab onto this first as their soothing distraction. At this young age, it's likely that infants' attention systems may be shaped by having screens and devices available to regulate their emotions and behaviors, sort of like an emotional pacifier. So don't be fooled by the idea that your infant is too young to absorb the impact of screens. In some households, it's a small adjustment to turn off the background television, and in other households, it might be a bigger change. Are there any unnecessary moments of screen time that perhaps don't contribute to your own quality time or well-being that you can reduce? For additional support, explore the American Academy of Pediatrics Media Plan tool that helps families create a media plan based on your child's age. Reflect with your household on what screen time hygiene you want to practice this week, and start to think about it like brushing your teeth twice a day. Just normal hygiene practice for your health and your child's. Tip number three, foster a balanced relationship with screens. To unpack this, reflect on your own screen use. Have you ever experienced times that your device seems to have a hold of you? What about times when you feel more in control of this relationship? At this moment, is your relationship with devices having a net positive or net negative effect on your life? When you reflect on these questions, you're able to model for your child how to ask these same questions about themselves and their relationship with devices. Fostering a balanced relationship with screen time and teaching moderation is the goal because these are the skills that our children will need as they continue to become increasingly independent and need to navigate a life in the digital world. Consider having a regular check-in with yourself, child, and family about the status of your relationship with devices. Experts are focused more on what screen time is replacing. Are there activities or parts of growing up that your child is missing out on due to screens. Help your child reflect on signs that indicate they're spending too much time on screens. Even if you don't have regular conversations with your child now, research shows over 50% of teens in the United States report they believe that they are spending too much time on their phones, which suggests that there's a recognition by a majority of teens that they may have a problematic relationship with their devices. Warning signs for children include difficulty concentrating during off-screen activities, having meltdowns when separated from screens, avoiding social activities, or desired in-person activities and replacing it with screen time. Share your warning signs of too much screen time such as noticing changes in your mood, even behavior, after being glued to a screen most of the day for work or passively consuming media on your device. These are all common experiences with screens. And by helping your child identify these signs, the more likely they are to feel empowered to manage their relationship with screens. Explore with your child and teen on what strategies help with fostering a balanced relationship to screen time. Maybe it's a family goal of trying to use the black and white feature that turns your device into black and white mode. Write down your screen time use before and after you try this and see what happens. Maybe it's a family competition to see who can use their devices the least as measured by metrics that you have on your phone, and the winner gets bragging rights or a chosen reward. In this episode, we learn that when it comes to screen time, it's all about how kids and teens are using their devices. While there are still ongoing debates about the direct impact of screens on child development, there is consensus on the tips to, number one, promote active screen time. Focus on quality interactions that are supported by screens and apps. Utilize public resources that review age-appropriate and educational content so you can choose what's best for your child. Help your child or teen connect what they're consuming from the digital world to the real world. This can show up in different ways, such as using screens to enhance social connection, encourage physical activity, or achieve learning goals. Number two, practice screen hygiene. Start with a small screen time habit for your household. Get the family involved in selecting a goal together, like turning in devices 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime or turning off screens that aren't being used, like background television. Celebrate any positive screen time habits your family is already engaging in and treat them like you would brushing your teeth, something we do every day for our health. And number three, foster a balanced relationship with screens. Ask an honest question about who is in the driver's seat. Is it your device or is it you? Reflect on this question for yourself and have a conversation with your child or teen about their honest response to this question. Model for your child how to navigate a healthy relationship with screens and to use it in moderation just like kids learn how to eventually moderate their candy intake or alcohol when they're older. At the end of the day, we know that screens will continue to be a part of our world and our children's worlds. So it's important to focus on teaching kids and teens the skills they'll need to navigate known challenges of screens while also working to reap the benefits of engaging with this technology. That's it today for The Journey of Parenting. Wherever you are in your parenting journey today, know that you aren't alone in this adventure. One that's full of laughter, tears, yelling, silence, giggles, the coulds, woulds, shoulds, and maybe some more tears. Join us next time to learn about how social media impacts tweens and teens and tips for supporting positive social media habits.